Hello, people of Earth and Anchor and Spotify podcast listeners. Happy Back to the Future Day and welcome to the October 21st, 2023 News and Flashback Fun Mini episode. I'm your host, Movie Guru. As always, I want to start the show by sending out virtual hugs and prayers to all of those affected by the horrible conflict in Israel with Gaza. My condolences go out to all who have lost loved ones through this terrible conflict. My heart goes out to all of you. Hashtag pray for Israel. Hashtag enough is enough. Hashtag stop the hate. In happier news, today, happiest of birthdays to Kamel, I mean to Clearwater Marine Aquarium's dolphin trainer, Cami Zadrell, whom I hope has a great dolphinately good day today. Today is also Sesame Street's Abby Kadabi, Heather Cowles, Kim Kardashian, the late Carrie Fisher, who would have been 67 years old. May the force be with you, Carrie. Seven years on, and the world still misses you. Top Gun Maverick breakout star Glenn Powell, Made Cave Sports player David Crowley's mom, and Crowley's birthdays today. Today marks the debut dates for 1983's The Dead Zone and Rumblefish, last year's Ticket to Paradise, My Policeman, and Black Adam, 1988's Mystic Pizza, 2016 films Moonlight, I'm Not Ashamed, and Ouija, Origin of Evil, 2008 Speed Racer, which nobody speaks of, the 2011 Three Musketeers reboot, and Johnny English Reborn. Most importantly, today is this show's 18-year mark slash birthday. Could you believe it? Midday Movie Madness is now officially old to drink. Hooray! Well, this show has changed lots from the very first October 21st, 2005 show, and it's been off into my weekly flashback fun Facebook and podcast feature in 2020 and the podcast form in 2021. It still remains an informative wealth of movie entertainment and news. I would like to thank all of you for supporting me all these years. And now there's just one quote from The Mask that pretty much expresses my gratitude to all of you. Thank you. You love me. You really, really love me. Now, uh, before I go on, I have a confession to make. I made an error on my October 5th show and incorrectly stated my cousin Elena Bartson Periano's twin girls, Amelia and Anna's birthdays were October 16th. Actually, their birthdays were a few days ago on October 19th. Oops. Sorry about that. And sorry for saying it was October 16th for years and years. Belated congratulations go out to Jill Willig Herbert and her partner, Kelsey. They became first-time parents October 10th with the arrival of their daughter, Waverly Kate, via surrogate. And belated congratulations to Nils Montan, who married his fiancée, Mel, last weekend. Happy early 
October 22nd birthdays to rapper Shaggy, actor Christopher Lloyd, TV actor Bob Odenkirk, and actor Jeff Goldblum. The 2021 films Dune, Ron's Gone Wrong, and The Harder They Fall, 2020's remake of The Witches, which we don't talk about, Dolly Parton's 1972 song Jolene, 1999's Crazy in Alabama and The Best Man, and 2004's The Grudge and Surviving Christmas all debuted on that day in their respective years. Leoann Hudson, the late soccer player Pele, Amanda Steinberg, the late talk show host Johnny Carson, Johnny Carson pop singer Weirdo Yankovic, actor Ryan Reynolds, and actress Amelia Clark have birthdays October 23rd. Pandora's birthday is October 24th, which is the debut date for 2008's High School Musical Senior Year, 1978's The Wiz, 2003's Radio and Scary Movie 3, and 2014's John Wick and St. Vincent. I have some sad news to report. 83-year-old Burt Young, who played Adrian's hot-headed, jealous, but supportive brother, Polly Perino, in six of the Rocky films, passed away October 18th. He got an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor for the 1978, for the 1976 original. In addition to the Rocky films, Young was also in 1986's Back to School, Mickey Blue Eyes, 2006's Transamerica, and Last Exit to Brooklyn. 66-year-old stage and screen star Hayden Wynn, who appeared in the play version of Billy Elliot, the British Royals comedy sitcom The Windsors as Camilla and also played lady-in-waiting Suzanne Hustley in The Crown past Friday of cancer. She had just been diagnosed with cancer a mere month ago. Sorry, Deadpool fans. Ryan Reynolds, Rock of the Mouth, won't be arriving to kick off the summer 2024 movie season. SuperheroHype.com announced October 19th, Marvel Studios' Deadpool 3 is reportedly no longer releasing in May 2024. According to Deadline, Deadpool 3 is moving away from its May 3rd, 2024 theatrical release date due to the ongoing Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists SAG After Strike. A new release date for the movie has not yet been set. The SAG After Strike began in July 2023 and sees actors lobby for better wages, protection against artificial intelligence, and more. SAG-AFTRA and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, AMPTP, recent negotiations and the actor strike were abruptly suspended following disagreements over a handful of issues. According to Deadline, even if the actor's strike is resolved in the coming weeks, it won't be enough time for Deadpool 3 to make the 2024 release date, as the movie was only halfway done filming when the strike began. Deadline's article 
also mentioned Captain America Brave New World, which is currently slated dated for July 2024, could potentially take Deadpool 3's release date. Given that the Anthony Mackie and Harrison Ford starring movie wrapped filming on June 30th, 2023. However, this has not been confirmed by Marvel or D- Studios or Disney at this time. Sorry, Austin Butler and Tom Hardy fans, you won't be seeing their new film, The Bike Riders, also with Michael Shannon, Norman Reedus, Boyd Holbrook, and Joey Comer this December or anytime soon. The film, based on the 1967 photo book of the same name, was supposed to open December 1st, but now has been delayed indefinitely for two good reasons. First, the ongoing ongoing SAG after a strike has made it pretty impossible to have talent doing film promotions. Secondly, it would have gone up against a little film you would may have heard you may have heard about that would have crushed it like a bug. Beyonce's Renaissance concert. I mean concert film Renaissance. In better news, rejoice anime fans. We know who will be the English dub of the boy and the heron. EW.com stated October seventeenth. Anime legend Hayao Miyazaki's latest film has been making out the rounds at fall film festivals, but it will soon be playing for the public in U.S. theaters. Like most anime releases in recent years, The Boy and the Heron will be available to screen in both its original Japanese language with English subtitles and also in an English-language dub. On Tuesday, American distributor G-Kids announced the English dub's star-studded cast includes Christian Bale, Dave Bautista, Gemma Chan, Willem Dafoe, Karen Fukuhara, Mark Hamill, Robert Pattinson, and Florence Pug. Luca Padovian, who played the young neighbor boy Paco in season one of You, will voice protagonist Mahito Maki. Pattinson, for what it's worth, will voice the title of Grey Heron. Bale at least has experience with Miyazaki's movies. Having voiced the Tyler Wizard in the English dub of House Moving Castle. Here's Studio Ghibli's official description of The Boy and the Heron for anyone who, for those curious. A young boy named Mahito, yearning for his mother, ventures into a world shared by the living and the dead. There, death comes to an end, and life finds a new beginning. A semi autobiographical fantasy about life. Death and Creation, in tribute to friendship from the mind of Hayao Miyazaki. The Boy on the Heron, Heron opens in theaters on December 8th. Speaking of anime, Otaku.com reported October 13th. Today at the New York City Comic Con, Toei Animation announced that a brand new Dragon Ball anime series coming next fall. The new anime his name is Dragon Ball Dama. Unlike the Dragon Ball Super anime, Dragon Ball Dama, the latter word loosely translates to big or large in Japanese, appears to be a, lar- a chibi-styled anime that follows Goku and Vegeta's adventures in the Dragon Ball world. Going off screenshots of the show, making the rounds on Twitter, Dama appears to transform all of DBZ's characters into itty-bitty, versions of themselves a la Dragon Ball GT. But 
Unlike with the Reviled DT, series creator Akira Toriyama is heavily involved with the production process of the new show. Despite being fairly tight-lipped on details regarding Toriyama's level of involvement in Dama, Akoku revealed that the series' names was decided days before its world premiere at NYCC, and that Toriyama meticulously crafted various elements of the show, like the design of various characters like Bulma, vehicles, and monster designs. My spidey sense is tingling. Miles Morales, Spider-Woman, a.k.a. Gwen Stacy, Jess Drew, Hobby Brown, a.k.a. Spider-Punk, Peter B. Parker, Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man 2099, and the rest of the Spider-Man across the, un- the Spider-Verse cast are web-slinging their way to a streaming debut. June's mega-smash blockbuster, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, will make its streaming debut on Netflix on October 31st. It's time for this week's flashback fun. For this week's flashback, I'm taking you on a trip to three films set in three very familiar different lands, two of which are visited quite often in October. As I mentioned at the start of the show, today is this show's 18th birthday, and with Barbie director Greta Gerwig going from Barbie Land to Narnia for Netflix and October 16th marking 73 years since the first Narnia book was published, it seems a perfect time to revisit when moviegoers first met, first entered C.S. Lewis's Fantasyland and met Aslan the Lion, Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy Pevensey's Mr. Tumnus and the White Witch. Released on December 9, 2005, so like this show, it's about to turn 18, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is based on the 1950 novel of the same name. The first published Chronicles of Narnia novel, but the second book chronologically. It stars Willem Mosby, Anna Popowell, Tilda Swinton, Georgie Henley, Jim Broadbent, Liam Neeson, and James McAvoy, and Scander Keys. It's so beloved and well-known, it doesn't need a plot recap. It made over $745 million, making it 2005's third most successful film. It won the 2005 Academy Award for Best Makeup and many other accolades. Our sequels are two, its sequels are 2008's Prince Caspian and 2010's The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, which we don't talk about. No, no, no. According to IMDb.com, to make it easier for the kids to reply to someone who wasn't there, really, who wasn't there for the scenes where they have to react or talk to CGI character. Director Adam Anderson, Andrew, Ad, director, Ad, my mistake, director Andrew Adamson, and his assistant Elena Fillin did the voices for those fictional characters. Before Tilda Swinton was offered their got their role. Michelle Pfeiffer, Kate Winslet, and Nicole Kidman were considered for the part of Jadis, a.k.a. the White Witch. And what's also kind of weird is that M. Night Shyamalan was offered to direct this film, but he turned it down. 
sisters, our listeners, everyone knows how Hocus Pocus tried to put a spell on you in July 1993, only to fail, but end up, but ended up becoming a cult Halloween classic years later. The reason for Hocus opening in July of all things, instead of October spooky season, oh, Disney just didn't want our favorite Salem witches to compete with their certain October 13th, Tim Burton and Henry Selleck stop motion film that just turned 30 Halloween seasons old. <gasps> What's this? What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. That's right, folks. Our old friends Jack Skellington, Sally the Ragdog, Oogie Boogie, Sandy Claus, I mean Santa Claus, Zero the Ghost Dog, Lock, Shock, and Barrel, the Two-Faced Mayor of Halloween Town, and the rest of the Nightmare Before Christmas cast first began their Christmas or er, Halloween takeover on October 13, 1993, in limited release, before going wide October 29th. Starring the voices of Danny Elfman, the late Paul Rubens and Glenn Shaddix, Catherine O'Hara, and Chris Sarandon, the Best Visual Effects nominated film, officially a Halloween movie, but it can also be viewed as a Christmassy movie, doesn't need a recap. Including the 2006 to 2009 IMAX re-releases, the film has scared up 89.1 million bags of Halloween candy. The film's 30th anniversary re-release is currently in theaters. It's getting a, two, a 30th anniversary film concert at the Hollywood, Hollywood Bowl event with Catherine, Hare, uh, Catherine O'Hare and Halsey splitting the role of Sally, Fred Armisen as Locke, Ricky Lindholm as playing Shock, and Ken Page as Oogie Boogie. It will be bringing Hollywood Bowl audiences to Halloween Town from October 27th to October 29th. What's interesting is this is the first fully animated Disney film not to be traditionally animated. It's also the first of Disney's animated films to be scored by Danny Elfman. And last, but definitely not least, with Harry Belafonte's April 25th death and the sequel coming out in less than a year, it's the perfect time to look back at, to the film that popularized his catchy Calypso-based hit songs Jump the Line and Dale, the bi- banana boat song. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. The Tim Burton fantasy horror comedy with Michael Keaton, Catherine O'Hara, Sylvia Sidney, Winona Ryder, Gina Davis, Jeffrey Jones, and Alec Baldwin spooked its way to 35 years old on March 30th. The 73.7 million best makeup winner centered on a recently dead ghost couple who find their now-empty home bought by an obnoxious couple with a daughter that can see them. After unsuccessfully trying to get rid of them, they hire a conniving bio-exorcist named Beetlejuice from the Netherlands world who tries scaring away the new residents uh, permanently. The quirky story has become a cult favorite, spawning an animated TV series and Burton produced, and a planned unmade sequel called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. An actual sequel, Beetlejuice 2, 
starring Cat Michael Keaton, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, along with Jenna Ortega, Monica Bellucci, and Willem Dafoe, will spook its way into theaters on September 8th, 2024. There was a Broadway play that premiered in 2019, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it was killed off and sent to the Broadway play Netherworld in January. But it is currently on a national tour. According to IMDb.com, the idea for this movie's plot came after Poltergeist became an enormous hit. But the idea of bad ghosts was turned upside down. The people moved to the house would be the awful ones. What's also neat is that, oh, first, Michael Keaton refused the part of Beetlejuice. And despite being the main character, he only appears for about 14 and a half minutes of the film, since he just didn't get it. Eventually, after meeting Tim Burton and seeing 1985's Pee-wee Herman's Pee-wee's Big Adventure, he came around in the end. That's all for this week's Flashback Fun, folks. So, until we meet again... As always, stay safe and watch lots of movies and DVDs. Bye now.